Join the big show Friday at the warehouse from 2 to 6 p.m. Prices are so low that it will blow your mind, Yock. Boom. (laughs) There it is. Boom. The warehouse. Join Gordon and Jake Scott. Joining us right now is Mr. TV himself, Craig Bowlerjack. Good morning, Mr. Bowlerjack. How the heck are you? I am good. How are you guys? We're doing great. DJ is off, and get this. We've been doing this show a long time, as you know. You played a part, I think, in helping me in my career, getting this radio thing going on, and I've expressed my appreciation to you over the years. And 19 years we've been doing this show. Next week is our anniversary, 19 years. Wow, and, wow. I know, it's amazing. It's and no breakups. Way. I mean, that's what's amazing. Well, that we right. know of. Well, he tried to punch me once, but I ducked. You ducked. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and since it is uh, April 1st and we like to play pranks, I said uh, earlier, I said, yeah, the reason why DJ, now he's got the, he's just taking a few days off this week. I said, the uh, reason why he's not here is because he's found another job and <laughs> the, the show's over and we wish him it's nothing over. but the best. Yeah. 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 You're going solo from here on out, man. <laughs> So I said, uh, I started the segment by saying it. I said, it's tough to talk about, and I want to talk about the jazz, but I'll pick it up at the end of the segment. The guy, tr- <laughs> guy tweets at me. <laughs> uh, totally got me. Sitting in my car, late to a meeting to hear what happened. Felt sick to my stomach. <laughs> you pulled it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I used to always do, try. my mother and I, we always had a thing where we try to get one another. She's gone now, so here's to you, Mom, in the great sky, wherever you may be. I did pull one over, got at least one guy uh, that we tricked, and now DJ will be back, and we'll be resuming our show for years to come, hopefully, if uh, all goes the way we would plan. So we enjoyed Absolutely. doing it. It's and you know what I realized, too, PK, was that it was – was it 1985-ish when the Sports Illustrated got most of us on the Sid Finch? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, was yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. I was hook, line, and sinker on that one, man. That one got me like, where is this kid then? What was he firing? Like 105? Was that what the basketball was? ridiculous number, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sid Finch. <laughs> yeah, so uh, to all those who pull April Pruel's pranks, uh, it's a fun day to do it. Don't let them linger too long. I let it go for about uh, 10 minutes before. And I said I would talk about it at the end of the segment. So I, I wasn't going to carry it over through a commercial break. So have fun with that and go forward. And Jazz having fun. Now, we had on Joe Ingles, you know, and we weren't there. Normally you would have been there, but in this season uh, they're not having you travel because of the pandemic. And normally you would have been front and center and you would probably would have been crying curled up in the fetal position also. Yeah, I would have. I've been on a few of those flights, PK, where we've had some turbulence that would uh, that did bring tears to my eyes. Uh, I'm just uh, glad the guys uh, are good. Uh, you know, I could hear, though, in the postgame comments last night, and even, uh, you know, when Quinn talked about it in the pregame last night, you know, this was a traumatic moment. Yes. and. Jordan Clarkson and Mike, you know, I think it was therapy for them, honestly, to talk about it. I mean, we had the wave hit us a few years ago coming out of Denver, and, you know, it kind of tilts the plane, and you feel like the hammer of Thor hits you from all sides, and 
you just sit there and hold your breath. But, um, you know, last I can't imagine watching, you know, the birds and uh, allegedly, you know, the, the reportedly, uh, you know, the fire, one of the engines catches. And, you know, you start to think about, you know, life. Uh, but I'm glad everything happened, uh, you know, positive. And the, the pilots did their thing, man. That's what they do. They, uh, they fly the plane first and they talk later. And that's what they did. Well, I suspect a movie on this one, like we had with the uh, Sully, who dropped that <laughs> yeah. thing in. So, I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that movie with Tom Hanks. So, you think uh, Tom Hanks stars in this movie too? I was figuring Danny DeVito as Joe Ingles. That would be mine. <laughs> oh my, that's a good one. <laughs> Danny DeVito as Joe Ingles. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he's a prankster and a jokester. Uh, and I see a sort of resemblance there, Danny yeah, and Joe. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> they're both yeah, balding. Just a little size difference, but close. Yeah. Well, yeah, you put them on a stool. People don't realize that Sylvester Stallone <laughs> and Tom Cruise are only like five six. So you know they they can make adjustments there. And get, I think get they done. could. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it really caught my ear when Joe, who's saying Joe's probably flown as much as anybody on that team, given his international experience and the, and the flights he takes back to right. Australia back and forth. When he says he's never gone through anything like that, like, okay, you got my attention, Joe, right. because you've been flying literally around the world so many times. And if you were scared and you've never been through anything like that, then I know it's real. And I don't want to say I blew it off. But I don't think I gave it the attention that it deserved because I wasn't there until Joe describes it. And the way he describes it is like, all right, well, that was, man, you're thinking that thing is literally going down. And that's way scary. So when you look at that, and then he was talking about how they had some time before they left again. So he drove home. And he was talking about how he was still jittery driving home. And obviously, he's thinking about that experience. He's driving home to get to his uh, wife and kids, and you can put yourself into that position. Oh, yeah. And then they got to get back, get on a plane. Donovan decides not to come. They're playing Memphis the third time since Friday. All those things factor in. That was a huge gut check win. It was. You know, I thought a lot about it last night. And again, I'm glad the guys had to, had their moment to discuss it. And I think again, I said it. I, I felt like it was like therapy for Mike and Clarkson last night. Who really? That's all. Well, that's what they wanted to talk about. You know, instead of the game itself, because it was so heavy on their mind. But you know, PK, think about the year that the Jazz have gone through: COVID, Oklahoma City, Rudy, Donovan, Bubble. Now this situation on a plane, I mean, you don't think about bonding a team even more and more. I mean, you live through all these things together, and I think this is why this team is such, you know, the definition of that. I mean, they are a team. They grind, they ground it out, was it grinded out, grounded out last night in the grindhouse of what was Memphis, you know, back in the days with the Gasol and even Mike Conley. And I was impressed with the way they just kept their, their head down and kept fighting through it. Um, you know, John Moran had a had a game, uh, especially in the second half, and the Jazz were able to hold off and win the thing with you know free throws and clutch play by Mike. And I thought it was again just another one of those classic moments in Jazz this year, Jazz history, where uh, they fought through adversity. And and again, they also PK now know that 
the depth of this team even more and the fact Donovan didn't play on this road game and they, they found a way to win you know, without a Donovan Mitchell on the floor who has been very consistent, as you know, of late. And they, he wasn't there for a fourth quarter heroics as well. And someone else had to step up and they got the job done. Yeah, that's what I was going to lead to. Uh, the fact that Bogdanovich early, Conley late, other guys throughout the game contributing. Uh, how much do you think that can pay off? Because we're all looking now. they got the best record. It looks like that they're going to get the number one seed. Still 25 games ago, so stuff could happen. But certainly as of today, it looks like that they're the odds-on favorite to get that one seed. And, you know, expectations come along with the one seed. Let's not uh, yeah, pretend they yeah. don't exist. But to know that hey, I can do this, and speaking individually, you got four or five guys who say, I can do this. So if it, obviously Mitchell can do it, but if it's not working for Mitchell or they're forcing the ball out of his hands, whatever it might be, that they've got options. To me, that's clearly and obviously a good sign for the postseason. Yeah, it really is. It goes really how deep this team is, and I think we've said that from the get-go that, it doesn't have to be one particular guy on a given night. It can be multiple players, and we saw it last night. It was a time for Boyan to actually you know, continue to regain his confidence. What a great start, right? Three threes yeah. to start the yeah. first quarter. Right. Uh, you know, He was at the free throw line a little bit, then he finished strong. Clarkson's still working things out, but then you know, he gets hot, <clears throat> a little mid-second quarter spurt, had a couple of key moments in the fourth quarter. You know, Joe had 10 points and you know didn't have to play heroics last night but I think it just shows you that even on the defensive side you get like a Mieoni who's growing and I think he'll play you know minutes some some in the playoffs if necessary Matt Thomas didn't get off the off the bench last night but still uh and Arison Eliasova there's just there's names you keep repeating that the Jazz have picked up just because they want the depth they may need the depth um in situations as the season goes on. But, PK, you know, you're right. Are they going to be the number one seed? I think for this team, uh, it's important to have the home floor in a seven-game series. And I still don't think the Lakers and Clippers and Nets, they don't sense they need it. But I think for the Jazz, it's going to be just be another a, a bonus for them to be able to have their home floor, their home team, and the home crowd, I mean, uh, to be there to help them along. Um so, yeah, if, if they stay healthy and Gobert and Donovan uh, can stay healthy, uh, that's a great thing. And so far, so good. But I think, again, last night it showed that the Jazz have the ability to play without one star or so on a given night. And that only bodes well when it comes into the playoffs. Greg Bolojack joining us. Speak of the teams in the West. All right, Jazz at the top and the other challengers of – We'll see how it plays out when we get there. But I think right now you certainly put the Lakers and Clippers in there. I think you got to put the Nuggets and you put uh, Portland. Phoenix. Eh, Phoenix. Uh, where I was going Are with this believer? question, uh, to an extent, but I wasn't where I was going with this question is those teams that I just mentioned, they've all made what they would consider improvements at the trade deadline. Right. Those four port, uh the Suns added Torrey Craig, which was like a week before the trade deadline, and he's actually played well for them coming off the bench. So maybe you can throw that in there. It was just that we don't consider it a trade deadline because it was the week before. But we saw that you know Denver counted on him to an extent. So, yeah, you can put Phoenix in there. 
And the Jazz made a move around the edges, adding Thomas. I don't know how that's going to play out this season. But what do you think of all those moves that were made? Who do you think that could be better because of them? Well, I think uh, the one that maybe would would you know point a little bit is is the Denver Nuggets with um, Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Um, you know. Norman Powell with Portland is intriguing because they, you know, the Blazers always have had firepower with uh, Damian and uh, and CJ, and I just wonder, you know, how that's all going to play out. I feel like there's always been some frustration with the Blazers because getting to that next level has been an ongoing, you know, um, issue, and the Jazz, I think, have gotten past that front porch, you know, attitude that we always talk about. Are you there? Can you get on it? And then take it, you know, to, to to you know a Western Conference championship, and get into another Finals opportunity. So, you know, it's tough, man, to make that next step. And I think the Jazz have really, you know, worked their way to that point. Um, Phoenix is intriguing to me just because of Chris Paul and Booker and the backcourt. I mean, they have firepower, but I still think the Jazz overall, defensively and offensively, how you rank, you know, so high in the defensive and offensive rankings. And the three-point shot now is in vogue for this franchise. Uh, I think it bodes well. I still think the Jazz are the best team in the West. Um, granted, LeBron's not playing at the moment, and we'll see what Anthony Davis' status will be. And, you know, PK, I, you and I haven't really had a chance to talk one-on-one because DJ, you know, is always talking, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm still not sure if the chemistry with the Clippers is all that. I, I don't know. I, I want to wait and see see the Clippers a little bit more with Kawhi and Paul George, how intrigued they are to win it. Last year, you remember, Paul George said, look, we really weren't focused on winning a championship then in the bubble. Well, that's why you went to L.A. So I'm not real sure about, you know, just how, how strong uh, that foundation is in L.A. A lot of teams, of course, in L.A., Boston, New York, that's the destination point, right, for people to find themselves a title. And so we'll wait and see. Uh, what intrigues me about the Jazz is they're built to win in the sense of um, not, the, not only their depth, but because of what they've been through and the attitude they have. I mean, if you want a definition of team, this is it. I mean, I don't know if there's any better definition right now in the NBA. And sometimes people fight that because they want the big threes to win, whether it's West or East or East or West. So this is just an oddity that the Jazz have a bunch of guys who are on the same page, who are talented, by the way, with three all-stars, but yet don't get a lot of attention. But they continue to, to go along their way with attitude and a purpose, and I like that. And I think it's going to play into their hands. I hope it does. We saw for a bit there during that uh, when they were losing four or six, they were getting off to horrendous starts. Right. And I think after that Washington game, uh, basically Joe Ingles called them out. Uh, very strong comments. What do we want to be? Do we want to be a contending for the title? Do we want to get out of the first round? What are we looking to do here? Because if we have these goals, then we got to get going. We can't be losing the way they're losing. And it seems like it's in the past now. They put that behind them. Would you agree? I would, and I think what Joe's comments were also kind of ignited Donovan uh, because I think at that time we saw him, uh, instead of playing the fourth-quarter hero ball where the Jazz were down 17 and would get back PK to within that four-point range but could never quite push past, 
Now we've seen a more consistent Donovan Mitchell, probably the most consistent in his career, in my opinion, where he starts and he has, you know, the strong start. He has the middle point of his game. And then the fourth quarter, you know, he's just, you know, back to back 35 point games against Memphis, you know, and um, I, I, you know, in 19 and in just a, in a short period of time in a, in a runaway win against the Cavaliers. So, yeah, I think Joe's comments, you know, struck a chord. And sometimes, you know, someone has to step up and voice their opinion on occasion, whether it's Joe, whether it's Donovan, whether it's Quinn Snyder in the course of a season. And I'm glad Joe took it upon himself. Hey, I'd listen to Joe. I mean, you just said it, international player, a guy that found his way into the league. Uh, you know, Doc Rivers wanted to keep him but had to let him go, gets a shot with the Jazz. And look what he's become. I mean, this is a great story. Another movie, right? Who plays yeah, Joe? Really? I mean, you said Danny DeVito, but I mean, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I mean, the Joe Ingles story is intriguing to me because I love the, I love a story where odds are against you, but then you turn it into your favor, and then you just take it to another level where you're shooting nearly fifty percent from three. And he's just been a glue guy. I know people overuse that statement, but if you want a guy that you want in your in your in, you know in in the huddle in the locker room. Uh, in the foxhole, I mean, Joe Ingles is one of my first players I'd take, right? One of the first guys, just personality. And you, you, you and DJ know him as well as, as anybody because he's really opened up and, and shown a different side of who he is and the struggles that he's been through. Um, and I like that about Joe. I really do. Greg Bolajak joining us. You hear him as the on the television of the broadcast, jazz broadcast. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because they do have some games, but you brought up the Suns. Now, they got the Jazz, I think, in the fourth game of the season. And once you get to their approach in the 50-game point, I think it's the 46-game mark, uh, the fourth game of the season might as well have been five years ago. So much can happen in an NBA yeah, season. True. Uh, yeah, that's a long yeah, they, time. They got the Suns next week. Uh, ESPN game. Right. And it's down there in Phoenix. I think both of the ball games they got with the Suns are down in Phoenix. Phoenix is an emerging team. And you think that that's a little bit of a big game there when they play the Suns next week? I do. You know, in fact, I'm just, I just grabbed my calendar. And, you know, you look at Chicago and Orlando at home. Okay. You know, never take a team for granted. But look, on the odds, those, those teams favor the Jazz at home. The Jazz yeah. are favored at home, obviously. Uh, they've won 20 straight on that floor. There's a little bit of that. The day of Delta Center with Stockton and Malone, where, where teams did not want to even step step into the into the building. I, I kind of feel that same same sense this year, PK. Let me just run this down. Then you have road games at Dallas and Phoenix. Those are pretty telling, by the way, uh, yeah. with what the Mavericks can still put at you, despite the fact there's been ups and downs. Uh, and then you have the Phoenix. Uh, the final game of a little mini two-game road trip. You come home and play five straight at home. And then here's the real interesting part of it in April is the Lakers-Lakers uh, with one day in between. Both games picked up by ESPN. Um, so that one's intriguing. And then the Minnesota-Sacramento. Then you end the trip again, PK, as you mentioned, on a, uh, on a, on a Friday night in Phoenix. So there's going to be some telling games. And then the rest of the way, honestly, the Jazz have five more home games in a row and a quick trip to Golden State. You come home to play the Blazers, and then you have OKC and Sacramento. You know, in the past, usually the way the league had the schedule 
was that those last five or six games were against your highest level of opponent in the West, right? Usually it was the Rockets uh, when Harden uh, was was with Houston, or you'd play Oklahoma City with Westbrook, or you played Denver. But in this case, you really kind of finish, you know, on the road with OKC and Sacramento. Be interesting to see how those games play out, what the Jazz, where they stand in the standings at that time, and. Would they rest players? It's pretty much non-jazz-like to do so, but it'll be interesting to see how they finish things up. But as you said, there's a lot of basketball left to be played. Some challenging games still on the road, and I think the Phoenix games and the Laker games will be telling uh, and, and to, to be tested again since both of, both of those games, all four of those games, are away from Salt Lake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of fun opportunities uh, going forward to really solidify their position, and I think going into the postseason, you know, depending on the success in these next 25 games, that, uh, you know, if they finish strong, then you really have got to consider them a legitimate contender to win the whole thing and not just a nice regular season team. If they don't get past the first round, and I really believe that they don't get into the Western Conference Finals, people will just kind of go, him ha. See, you know, that type of uh, discussion because, again, you have well, – well, who did I hear the other day? I mean, you hear it all the time, right, that to really put yourself in a position to be taken seriously and to be bona fide contenders, then you have to win. Yeah, and granted, you know, pass round one would be a success, but the, the real key is to get beyond that. Donovan said it himself, look, none of this again, never again to get knocked down in round one after a 3-1 lead, and obviously he's right. But now the next step is to, um, uh, you know, quiet any doubters and also to solidify this team as a legit championship title team. I mean, I like what they do. Uh, the three-point shot is something I didn't really expect PK to be in, um, it, that the Jazz would be so, let's just say, involved, and Quinn would would – basically put his mark on this team as saying, go do your thing. You know, we kept saying green light it with Jordan Clarkson. Well, everyone else has followed, and the Jazz don't hesitate putting up the three. And that's what the league has become, and that's who the Jazz really are with rim play by Gobert and defense. So, again, I like what I see, but there's a lot, a lot, still a lot of games to be played. And the playoffs, as everyone will always say, Big T's mentioned it, you know, Matt Harpre mentions it. Everyone mentions it that when the playoffs come, it's a totally different game. And so yeah. that's where the test really comes. How how savvy are they? How determined are they? And can they push past, you know, the likes of the Lakers and the Clippers who have been there before? This is a little new territory, but I think the Jazz have learned so much in a year's time. And I think they've gone through more than most teams have in the sense of, of – uh, the mental part of this, PK, and, I, I, and it still takes me back to Oklahoma City and to be there and to watch what they went through and the controversy that never really occurred with, uh, you know, Rudy and Donovan, uh, this plane trip just a few days ago. I mean, the Jazz just keep, you know, experiencing things together. And I only think it bonds them tighter. And let's see how it plays out. But I, I, I like what they're doing. And I think they are on the same page to, to maybe shock the world. And how fun would that be? I know you'd be driving the bus. I would be, too, from Salt Lake to, <laughs> to Panguitch to Vernal to St. George and back. It would be an incredible moment in jazz history. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that. Thanks for joining us this morning. 
All right, PK. Thanks, pal. All right, that's Craig Bowlerjack here every Thursday morning as we talk about what's going on in Jazz World. And things are good right now in Jazz World. You got the Bulls tomorrow and the Magic on Saturday, both home games. Stay with us. We'll get you caught up on what you may have missed and some big time news in the world of college basketball. 975-1280 the zone. Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. 2021, we're going to get back to some normalcy, and I definitely think that whoever's going to be at the, in the end of the season and when they get there to the postseason, they're supposed to be there. And that individual is hitting 30 home runs and 100 RBIs that didn't hit get 30 hits last year. They're supposed to hit 30 and 100. We're going to get back to some normalcy in 2021. That's Tory Hunter talking about what he hopes to get some normalcy for baseball for 2021. Today is opening day, but we will not see the Mets and the Nationals. That game has been postponed due to COVID-19 issues, Commissioner Rob Manford said. Now they built in the schedule, so they're going to push it back a day. So we'll see about that getting underway Friday. Uh, the safe and safety and protocols and all that stuff. ESPN can't be happy about that, though. You're telling me what uh, that was going to be uh, so, prime time? Yeah, ESPN's doing a quadruple header for opening day today, and kind of the showpiece was supposed to be Jacob deGrom against Max Scherzer in prime time was the Mets and the Nationals oh, went head-to-head. that head. would be a big game, huh, with those guys. So we'll see what ESPN, if they decide to move, maybe move another game into that slot or how they pivot in terms of their programming. Yeah, baseball gets underway on ESPN at 11 o'clock this morning. Just about 90 minutes. Yep, Yankees, Blue, Blue Jays. Jays at the Yankees. And then Braves, Phillies, uh, one of those games. Other than, of course, Dodgers and Rockies. Dodgers at Rockies. I don't know what the weather is in Denver. It better be good because they could have easily been playing at Dodger Stadium. And that's the game that follows the Yankees and Blue Jays at uh, 2 o'clock right around in there somewhere. And then that game you referred to would have been uh, right around 5:10 our time tonight, the Mets and Nationals. But that's off. Uh, and Orioles Red Sox has been postponed too. Is that weather, or is that COVID? That's the first I'm seeing of that one. I'm going to assume that one's probably weather. But well, I'm looking at the schedule right now. Oh, okay. And it says postponed uh, that game. I know they've been having some snow back uh, back east, which uh, they normally get. At uh, this time of year, sometimes it's uh, it's crazy uh, to see that snow, but you get that. Uh, I'll be surprised, Boston. I mean, that's about five hours away from from New York City. Per Boston Red Sox, their Twitter feed says the Red Sox Orioles game scheduled for Thursday, April first, has been postponed. The forecast calls for periods of rain throughout the day. It's been rescheduled to tomorrow. Yeah, they're having rain right now. Rain in the forties. Tomorrow should be a high of forty-five. They're saying so. That that's baseball weather. Oh, you, no doubt. That's exactly why you want to go to the ballpark right there. 45 degrees. Let's go. <laughs> the weather back there just truly is awful. Uh, this just is so bad. Uh, I'm, 
I'm glad I don't live there anymore in that way. The weather can be super nasty. So that's baseball opening day. Excited to, to claim opening day. Some news out of college basketball, which I think is just huge. Uh, Roy Williams, 33 seasons in college basketball, two prominent programs, Kansas and North Carolina. He has announced his retirement. And I do not believe that's an April Fool's joke. Nope, it's come out from the university itself. Yeah. So, and he's supposed to have a press conference uh, today around 2 o'clock our time. Yeah, Carolina basketball has tweeted it out. Uh, After 33 years, our beloved Tar Heel Roy Williams is announcing his retirement. He's 70 years old, so uh, why not? (laughs) The time is uh, now, uh, I guess, 48 years of coaching. Uh, a legendary career for sure. You still have a couple guys in their 70s who are coaching, uh, Bayheim and uh, Shashevsky. They're still going. Leonard Hamilton down at Florida State's also in his 70s. I wonder uh, if they could hang it up. Uh, I guess it's an individual decision, and if you got your health and your passion, go ahead. Normally in those situations, though, they don't end well. Now, the longer they linger, the worse it gets. And we know Duke, uh, what, did they finish above 500? Were they below 500 this season? Oh, I'm not even sure they were over 500. I think yeah. they were below. So they had guys leaving their program, and, and you wonder how that's going to end. Certainly he was a legend at Duke and uh, is a legend and built that program, but you wonder, will that program flounder as he gets older and players don't want to play for them, wondering is he going to be there all four years. Now a lot of players that Duke recruits, they're not going to be there all four years, so what difference does it matter? I guess we'll have to see how all that plays out, obviously. Uh, for them. But there's some prominent openings now in college basketball with obviously North Carolina leading the way and you got Texas and Oklahoma. And let's not forget Utah State. Utah State's job is open since Craig Smith came down and took the Utah job, right? Uh, we'll see. I don't know if there's any other openings in the Pac-12 that I'm uh, aware of right now. None currently. Uh, Sean Miller still continues to hang on. And Good for him, I guess. He's been able to avoid. So I don't think they want to buy him out, and he's got uh, another year or so to go. Have we mentioned Chris Beard yet this morning? Uh, Texas Tech, what about him? Is he He is going yeah. to coach the Texas Longhorns, so he's moving just. That has been announced? Uh, it's all over Twitter right now. Jeff Goodman and others saying that he is going to Texas. Really? Yep, going to upgrade from Lubbock to Austin. Well, he did phenomenal work there at Texas Tech. Got him all the way to the final, right? He did, and beat Utah State just this past NCAA tournament. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, certainly. He was the guy who was the um, UNLV coach for a few days. <laughs> all of 15 minutes? Yeah. So they hired him, and then he's from Texas Tech, and that was his big pull so he just, I mean, the way they do this thing, you know, so he, he never literally coached a game at Texas or at UNLV, but he gets a job, but then the Texas Tech com- job comes open, and that's where he's from, and, you know, you get to go home, blah, 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 blah. Well, all right, well, that was your reason then. Well, that sentimentality lasted uh, not very long because now he's going to go to Austin. This is uh, brother. Uh it's <laughs> just fine do it do it do it fine now i'm reading something on twitter here it says uh one factor this is for jason king i don't know who jason king is 
a longtime sports writer, uh, they list him, out of Texas. And he says, one factor I've heard was Texas Tech's contract with Under Armour. Beard felt it hurt him in recruiting. Now, to the casual fan, what the heck is that? How can recruit your shoe deal and your apparel deal with Under Armour, how can that hurt him in recruiting? Well, I can interject here with the AAU squads out there. By and large, they're sponsored by shoe companies, and these yes. these young athletes get attached to, let's say it's a Nike or a Puma or an Adidas yep. or Under Armour, yep. and when they go to college, it's actually a bigger factor in college basketball than most might realize. I know. That's why I wanted to discuss that, because I don't think that they realize that. The Utes are an Under Armour school, are they not? They are. Under Armour, I think, flagship school, funny enough. Protects this house? <laughs> Protect this house. I remember Kyle Whittingham saying that. i got to find that drop somewhere. Yeah, he was, we were, he was doing one of his uh, media interviews out on the field after the game, uh, or after practice, I should say. And I had on an Under Armour thing. And he said, oh, you got Under Armour. I said, absolutely. Protect this practice field. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm getting word that uh, Texas Tech, kids want Nike. And so Under Armour becomes an issue because Matt Wells was saying the same thing. Kids want Nike. And can you believe that BS? Oh, PK, you know me. I'm a Nike-aholic. I'm... So. I know, but I mean, it, who would have thought that that factors in to recruiting? Think Not, Uncle Phil and the University of Oregon. Yeah, I know. And, and you wonder why Oregon is good in basketball, good in football, good in women's uh, checkers. And it's, just, it's ridiculous, man. Can we finally, every one of us, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies, be on the same page and root against Oregon? Yes, we can. For this very I think reason. that's possible. Uh, yeah, give me a break on this. Shoe companies and apparel makes a difference in recruiting. Holy freak. And you don't want to go to Texas Tech because they're Under Armour. What's wrong with Under Armour? What difference does it make, man? Just drives me, uh, just drives me nuts. Uh, so that's what I've heard. I don't know if it's true down there at Texas Tech, but that, that's, uh, that was just uh, – Sort of a rumor out there, but it's not just it's the thing about it is that's not unique to Texas Tech because it's already out there and it's it's unique to it's not unique to anybody. It's already been out there for years and years that these things matter, particularly in college basketball. It's crazy to think it's true. Jazz with a very nice win yesterday. You got to give them credit for all they went through. I didn't understand it as much. Go listen to the Joe Ingles interview if you haven't heard. He explains it in depth because obviously he was there sitting in the front row and experiencing what they went through in the plane crash and all the emotions therein. And after I listened to him explain it, I came to a greater appreciation. If you haven't heard it, go take the opportunity to hear it because it gives you a real big insight as to what they went through. So, Plus, Joe Ingles has got his autism awareness this month. And he's going to have all items up for bid on auction on his Twitter and his uh, Instagram. And it'll link you to a website. And all the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds, are going to help families with the high cost of trying to have therapy and whatnot and all the things that go in for autism. So participate in that. They'll have some cool stuff for sure for you to bid on. All right, stay with us. We'll close up the show next, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.
And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday, April 1st. We started off the 7.30 segment by saying that the DJ and PK show has come to an end, that DJ, who hasn't been with us this week, has decided to take another job. And then we moved on to the jazz, and then I came back to saying it was April Fool's. And some people bought it. I hope you enjoyed our little April Fool's joke. Have you pulled any April Fool's pranks? Then we got one guy who said, well, I bought it, totally got me, that he sat in his car and was late to a meeting because I said I would explain it at the end of the segment. He said he felt sick to his stomach. Well, his stomach should rejoice now because we're going to stay on. DJ's just taking a few days off. He will be back on Monday, and we will resume the show, and I will move to the back of the bus and do what he says, and that's uh, just enjoy doing spit wads and going from there, and we'll be back in our regular roles on Monday. Yacht, you've got another one. I asked for pranks, and you've got one. Yeah, Blake Vandersteck sent this in and said, I put my then-girlfriend's really nice Jeep up on KSL for really, really cheap. She got so many calls during her classes that she was in, she had to walk out, and then it also froze her phone, but she still married me later. Wow, I wonder if she found that funny. Um, Having been a guy who my wife at the time did own a Jeep, had I done that to her, I can guarantee she would not have been as forgiving as apparently Blake's now wife is. Yeah, you don't want to make your April Fool's jokes be uh, annoying. It should just be a little fun thing. You don't want to make it be an inconvenience and they have to go through answering phone calls and ads and wondering what the heck's going on. I'm not sure I like that as an idea. I might have to retreat off that stance. Uh, I'm all for little harmless pranks. Like I thought the one on DJ, I didn't think anybody would buy it, actually. But uh, people did, I guess, that DJ and I would not be doing the show together. Uh, I thought that uh, they would uh, understand why in the world would we not be doing the show together. I mean, this is such a sweet gig, and we've been going on for this long. If you can tolerate me this long, what's a few more years, right? (laughs) Almost two decades (laughs) at this point. You might as well just keep going. Yeah, yeah, ride it out. Uh, See how long it can go. Can we get... So then the next year, obviously, it would be 20. That would be a nice round number. Can we get to 25? Can we get to 30? Eh, probably not 30, but can we get to 25? Yeah, why not? Uh, that's a good thing. The thing about this is that with the start of the seasons, everything is fresh. It never gets stale. You know, that's Jazz true. game last night was a fresh storyline. We never thought that we would be talking about, well, they all, several of the players, all the players apparently felt they were going to die on a plane crash. Uh, you know, with the birds hitting them and seeing the engine and the fire and all that stuff. They never thought that that – so that's a story. And then they got to go play without Mitchell. That's a story. So there's it's constant – it's a never-ending storyline that just pops up. It goes to what you, you know? say, PK, all the time. Sports reinvent themselves for us. Yeah. They, they constantly do new seasons. And before long, it'll be the postseason, and we'll be going nuts on that. And then that'll lead into college football, high, huge expectations for everybody with Utah State, with a new coach, see what Blake Anderson can do. And then BYU, can they follow it up? Can they prove last year wasn't just a product of uh, scheduling down, that they really got a program that's made strides in Kalani's, what would that be, his sixth year? And then, of course, Utah, man. How good can they be? Looks like they're set up for another, at least another two-year run. 
two, three-year run of, of winning uh, nine, ten ball games, and can they go to ten, eleven, twelve ball games? Can they finally get it done? And I, and I shouldn't say finally because I don't think it's been that long, but they've had a couple of chances in the conference title game. Can they get over the hump? As far as that goes, and getting the Rose Bowl, I mean, that's it's, it's always fresh. That's the great thing about this. It's fresh. It never gets stale. There's always new stuff. And for me, uh, I, I, even after all these years, it still gets me excited. I mean, last night in the middle of that, uh, watching that ball game, can they pull it out? And can they pull it out without Mitchell? So it adds a little extra juice to it, a little, little more luster without their best player offensively not in the lineup. Can they find a way to get it done? Well, the answer was yes. And then you find out all the stuff that they went through. It even adds to it. you know. And now they've got uh, the Bulls and beating crappy teams. There's something to be said for that, drilling crappy teams. And they got a couple of teams that uh, aren't very good and the Bulls in Orlando this weekend. So that adds to it. Yeah, it never ends, man. It's always good. And then you can screw off from time to time and have even more fun. For me, it's the perfect job. It's the job that I'm most suited for. I wanted to play third base for the Dodgers as a kid growing up. But uh, once I got to about uh, 14, 15, I realized, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. It's not even going to come close to happen. What can I do to still stay in sports? And I pulled it off. I pulled it off. Thanks a lot to our listeners. Okay, there you go. We appreciate all your feedback. Oh, we were talking also, too, about, uh, you know, with baseball being opening day, what is uh, your favorite team? A lot of people insist the Broncos are the football team in this market. I have my doubts. Uh, A guy tweeted at me, said it's Braves, that he grew up watching T, was it uh, TBS? Is that what it was? And the Braves were on? Superstation, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he became a Braves fan through that. I can buy that. Uh, they were on growing up. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably a little older, but uh, for me, yeah. Because all you had in those days, in the 80s, you know, the game of the week or whatnot. But then you got the Braves games and that Superstation, and they were on. Yeah, I watched tons of Braves baseball. That's where I got my first introduction to Dale Murphy. Watched him big time in the 80s. And he was a great, great player, two-time MVP. I was all over that. I'd watch the Braves. Braves would come on around uh, 4 or 5 o'clock, and then around 11 o'clock in the morning was the Cubs. Because in the Cubs and WGN, they did that. And I'd watch, I became a Cubs fan that way. I can remember a lot of working, uh, watching with my mother. Uh, We were both home in the day. She worked swing shift, and especially in Arizona when it was hot, we'd watch Cubs baseball. Then I got the job at Casa Grande, my first newspaper job. I basically worked 7 to 11, both a.m. and p.m., the way that is funky. Talk about paying dues. Uh, Yeah, I didn't get to stay in a market and then just take over a premier uh, radio station and get myself a sports radio job. It didn't work that way for me anyway. For those who did, good for them. Uh, But for me, I worked 7 a.m. to 11 a.m., went home, and then had to be back and work 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., and did that uh, five days a week. Well, I'd get home at 11 o'clock in the summer. I'd turn on WGN and watch the Cubs. So, yeah, I can see where those t- uh, teams, uh, people latched onto them. All right, join us next. Scotty and Hans coming up. Stay with us here, and I'll be back tomorrow, finish out the week. And thanks for joining us. Listen to us all day. We really appreciate it. 97.5, 1280, The Zone.